0: The Welcome to the Dad Whisper. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and I'm so happy that you're joining me here today, especially if you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox. And as you know, my passion is to help dads become heroes. So it's with that foundation that I love meeting you week after week and bringing you relevant topics that support that goal. Well, that leads me to use the template that you know well by now on your mark, get set, go. So every week, I want you as dad to envision yourself standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. And I'm on the sidelines as your coach cheering you on and saying, on your mark, get set, go. So on your mark is the topic or the theme. Get set is filling that in with stories and stats. And go is always your practical action step so that you can put that theme into action this week as an invested dad with your daughters and your sons. Well, today, my guest coach is a friend by the name of Philip Telfer. And he and I connected a few years ago at a fathering conference, and I have been waiting to have him join me on the program because you dads and daughters and moms and sons are going to love this topic. Well, Philip began his journey as a creative communicator through singing and songwriting. He's taught and mentored teens as a youth pastor and camp speaker, and he now directs a nonprofit ministry called Media Talk 101. He's also the author of the book Media Choices, Convictions, Compromise. He has produced and co directed the award winning documentary called Captivated Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture. And I've watched this documentary. People, you've got to get it. It's phenomenal. And he founded the annual Christian Worldview Film Festival and Filmmakers Guild. Philip and his wife, Mary, have been happily married for 28 years and are blessed with four children. Three of them are daughters, two being teenagers. So he's right there in the thick of things, Dads, if you have teenagers. So this simply means that he's a dad who's living out the things that you'll hear him talk about today. And if you want to learn more about him, you can go to his website, philiptelfer.com. P-H-I-L-L-I-P-T-E-L-F-E-R.com. Well, welcome, Philip. I'm so glad you're here
1: today. Oh, thank you, Michelle. I've been looking forward to this.
0: Well, on your mark today, we're calling this guiding your daughter through the social media maze. I mean, what dad doesn't need help with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is a complex topic and you're going to clarify all of it by the end of our show. I know that. Well, when it comes to social media, now we're in the get set portion. You and I both know there's a lot of dads listening who have discovered that they have no idea of how to guide their daughters through this maze of social media intensity, right? You hear stories all the time, so do I. So what I'd love is, could we just start by you talking about when it comes to dads, daughters, and technology, what would you say is the biggest hill to climb with dads navigating all of this?
1: Sure, and let me start with a quote from the famous Neil Postman from his book, Technopoly. He says, it's a mistake to suppose that any technological innovation has a one-sided effect. Every technology is both a burden." And a blessing, not either or, but this and that. So I believe, really, the biggest challenge uh, in parenting right now, parenting daughters, with uh, in the age of social media, is to keep their hearts tied to dad. Uh, yeah. In the when there's so many outside forces diverting their attention, shaping their view of themselves and the the world around them, and it's often driving a wedge, you know, between daughters and and dads, and so. You know, I'm part of a generation of what is known as digital immigrants versus, Mm -hmm. you know, my children who are known as digital natives. Many of the challenges have happened during my lifetime and yours, Uh and we've immigrated into the digital age with a perspective of what life was like before social media, before websites, before smartphones. And uh, but that's not the case for our children. And like every other parent, we didn't have training. Our, our own parents didn't deal with these issues. They certainly had issues with us to deal with. Right. And uh, you know, parents from from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden have had their issues with their kids. But uh, there are new challenges in the 21st century that has made parenting way, way more mm-hmm. complicated.
0: Let's get personal then. How about you as a dad with teenage daughters? How have you navigated this whole world of social media with them? Like, get practical now.
1: Sure. Well, one of the things as a dad that I I share with others, but I want to live it out myself, is first of all, being a good example to them uh, with with my own use of technology. You know, Mm -hmm. I believe that before we can try to, to mentor our children, they really desperately need mentoring, but we've got to model it first. So that doesn't mean we, we don't use technology at all, but that they see us using it with wisdom and discipline. You know, do, do my daughters see me putting down my phone and focusing on them, you know, that are when they're in my presence? Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, this is not just, you know, one hill to climb, you know, it's it's like an entire mountain range of, you know, 1400s that we're yeah. faced with, yeah. and, uh, you know, Discerning what their real need is, and so I think another thing that I'm concerned about as a dad for my daughters is, you know, what is their real needs um, versus what my daughter thinks she might need through social media, Mm -hmm. even though she's not, you know, getting it from social media. And because, you know, uh, today in the 21st century, if a girl uh, admits that she doesn't get what she's hoping to get out of social media... yeah. She may feel more isolated, you know, from from her peers and and from the current culture, who are also not admitting that the more social media they're using, the more loneliness yeah. they're uh, experiencing. You know, I just read a transcript from a show that recently aired on NPR in January, titled "Most Americans Are Lonely," and uh, you know, it went on to to share about the results of a survey. That survey was titled loneliness is is at epidemic levels in America. Mm. And so all this connectivity and yet there's this epidemic of loneliness. And, you know, my daughters are not uh, somehow miraculously sheltered from the effects of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said, because even though, like you're saying, we're more connected on social media, yet we're more disconnected as a culture. But you're saying a dad, if he can dial in relationally to her, you do this with your daughters, it's going to trump what's happening in the social media craziness, where it's like, how many likes yeah. do you have? But you're like, I don't feel like I'm very liked. But my dad
1: likes yeah. me. Well, <laughs> and, you know, dads tend to be fixers. That's what that's who we are. But our daughters, you know, need finessing, not fixing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they often need the gentle guidance, not Need jerk reactions that you know a typical dad. That's kind of our default, you know. So she needs to be rescued, not really conquered, yeah. you know. And that's the that's another challenge that I face is you know I don't want to just win the battle yeah. over social media and then lose the heart of my daughter in the process, you know, yeah. of being this victorious conqueror. You know, mm-hmm. she needs her dad to be more of that knight in shining armor, not the not the you know. The dictator who conquers the world. Yeah, you
0: know? well so. said. And even just practically speaking, uh, just this past weekend, I was at a, a family meal and an 11-year-old daughter sat there at the breakfast table with her phone in her hand. And so dad was yes. the one actually that looked at her and said, "Hun." The table is not where we have our phones. Put it away. But like you said, he wasn't conquering the table like, I said, this is my domain, you know? But he gently just guided her and she goes, Dad, I'm writing. And then she said, who was? Like, you'd be okay with it. But he said, nope, put it down. And so then he directed her back to the to, the, to real time and to what was happening at the table. And I think if dads would take the initiative, is that kind of what you're saying? Guide your daughter. She's not going to just naturally be drawn to the present tense. She's going to be drawn away to, to friends in other spaces.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, that, that's going to be completely natural for them. And, you know, many times we're the ones that have opened the door to these, you know, technologies in the home, and and many times we're guilty of not actually giving them the guidance. I think that's a fantastic story. Mm-hmm. I wish there were more dads that would do that and provide that helpful guidance. And, you know, as we talk about boundaries, you know, that, there was a boundary, obviously, mm-hmm. that the father was placing uh, for his daughter. It was done in, in love, and it sounds like it was done gently, but yep. it was firmly mm-hmm. And here's the thing about boundaries, you know. There's a a mistake if we think that we can simply manage our children and their use of technology through what I call building fences. You know, when you talk about managing animals, I've grown up and lived around uh, agricultural areas for much of my life. And, you know, so for those people who manage animals, and I used to manage animals, I used to have a flock of sheep. Mm. And what I did was I just built strong fences to keep them in. And the reason I did that so i could walk away from them and ignore them you know and i would just build strong fences <laughs> okay, and I'd there you up go up once in a while to feed them and you know make sure they weren't dead but um you know in other parts of the world that's not how shepherding happens you know they ah, i was i've been in africa good. i've been other places you there's no fences what there is is the presence of the shepherd and so that story you shared about that dad at the breakfast table yeah. you know what's powerful about that is dad was present Mm -hmm. That's what a shepherd does. So it wasn't about, hey, I'm just going to lock everything down, but... I'm going to make sure that I'm present, you know, for a dad to be present at the breakfast table, hurrah, you know, I think it's awesome.
0: You know what? I didn't even think about this until you just talked about fences versus shepherding, Philip, but that's, it's like we could lock the phone away, but in a way that was more of a teaching moment, wasn't it? Because there was the phone and he interacted with her in the present to teach her how to have a boundary. Much more powerful, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah that is really good. Okay, well you've introduced me to a concept that I'd never heard of before called Dunbar's number. Okay, you've got to explain that to dad's listening. How does that relate to social media?
1: Oh yeah, so first of all, it it comes Robin Dunbar, he's a professor at the University of Oxford in England. He's known for his research on social relationships and and how his findings, you know, help us to better understand the limitations of social media dunbar's number is 150 and what that means is it's and i'm just going to quote you know it's a suggested cognitive limit to the number of people with whom one can maintain stable social relationships Mm, mm -hmm. relationships in which an individual knows who each person is and how each person relates to every other person so there his studies have shown 150 is the maximum. Now, we also have to understand there's layers. That 150 is broken down into layers. And so when we look at those layers of social engagement, you know, there, there are relationships that we have that are deeper, and then there are those relationships that we have are, sh- are shallower. Mm-hmm. Those shallow relationships are included in the 150. So beyond 150, you're just in no man's land. You know, right. there's, there's no real relationship there at all. But out of that 150, you have your BFFs or your you know your besties. That they believe is about five people maximum. Mm-hmm. That's really you know that's all we can really manage. Even out of that 150, and then you have your pals that that layer, which is around 10 people beyond the five. So now we're up to 15, and yeah. then you have your acquaintances which is like 35. So now we're up to about 50 people. And then you've got 100 of these, you know, randos, which is, you know, these kind of random relationships. And, um, you know, a definition for a randos is from the uh, online slang dictionary is someone so unknown to you that you cannot figure out why he or she is involved in the same social <laughs> activity as you, but it's great to have them. You know? so I've we never have, heard like, that term. That's funny. In our life, you know. But but when it comes down to it, you can only have so many meaningful relationships. Yeah. And so what social media is doing, especially for our daughters, is it's it's creating that, you know, that mile-wide and that inch-deep version mm-hmm. of relationships. And that shallowness really brings and cultivates the sense of loneliness yeah. in uh, young people and adults today. So it's not meeting that need because those needs are really met uh, through intimate, close relationships. And so one way we can guide them is to help them understand, first of all, you know, sit down and talk with them. Hey, I learned about Dunbar. Hey, let's <laughs> yeah. let's look at what he has to say and what, what they're learning about social media and why is it that so many people that are, the more teens use social media, the more lonely they become, the more depressed they mm-hmm. become. Uh, why is that? And let's focus on cultivating some like, real meaningful relationships. And that, that's going to take some help and some guidance. I'm a big believer that not only do our, our daughters need um, some peers their age that are deep relationships, but they need some mentors in their life. Of course, starting with dad you right. know, is, is a good, good place to start.
0: Well, And making it practical. That's why I tell dads once a month, take each of your daughters out on a one-on-one date with you. She might not like the word date, just call it a meal, call it a get together, whatever. But it's that face-to-face, right? Redefining the word FaceTime from being a digital concept to real time. Or even like you said, does my dad like me? Rather than how many likes do I have? I know my dad likes me. Or how many people are following me? Is my dad following my life? Busy, tune into the yes. things of my life. So we're kind of redefining some of these digital platform terms, right? And making them relational, which is why I'm saying, again, I want to put a plug for your book, Media Choices, Convictions are Compromised by... Philip Telfer. It's an awesome book, dads, that will give you a starting point to open up conversations about digital media, about social media. And so if you're just joining us today, welcome. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the Dad Whisperer. I'm talking with my friend and author, Philip Telfer, and we're calling this conversation, Guiding Your Daughter Through the Social Media Maze. Well, I want to go back to another thing you said in your book, Philip, because sometimes I think dads can be impatient and intolerant of the drama that is activated on social media with their daughters. But in your book, you're saying, Dad, you might think your daughter's just caught up in trivial things, but you've got to validate her knowing that at 17 years old, these aren't trivial to her. You called it the sum of life itself, which I can relate to. I've been a 17-year-old girl. But what would you say to the dad listening that needs to maybe develop more empathy or understanding for how social media affects his daughter?
1: Yeah, first of all, for dads, you know, it's easy for us to forget one, you know what it was like when we were teens. You know, we we're some of us are just very glad to be beyond that and try to forget about it. But plus, you know, as a dad, not only have we forgotten what it was like to be a teen, but we've never been a teen girl. Yeah, there you and, go. And then thirdly, we've never been a teen girl in the digital age in the in the 21st century, mm-hmm. that, where they're having to deal with these things like social media this is this is not something once again as digital immigrants we didn't we never dealt with and so even though we may not like what's happening and we're frustrated with the, how complicated it is and how how much it makes our work so much more difficult as parents Uh, there needs to be some empathy to understand this is a a very, very big deal. Uh, Like you said in my book, oftentimes to them, it feels like it's the the sum of all their life. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's not, we know that that's not true, but we don't, we have a different perspective. When we were their age, those little things meant everything to us. Yeah, they did. And so we, we need to be reminded of that.
0: Yeah, I love that. So now I just want to ask you, Philip, really practically, are there any apps that you would caution dads to be aware of so that if he's, you know, really dialing into his daughter's life, right, giving her more attention and and being that presence in her life, which apps would you say, dads, you got to get this off her phone or really watch this?
1: Well, can I say all of them? Just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I think we just need to we first of all have to be aware every one of these apps could be used for good or for bad, you know, even whether it comes from Snapchat to, you know, Facebook to Twitter, you know, to Instagram, to, to TikTok, you know, there's, there's Mm -hmm. so many things that could potentially be used for good, but they have such potential to be destructive in our daughter's lives. So really it comes back to what we were talking about fences or presence and, the reality is, is no matter how, if you think you can just fence it all out, I'm telling you, your kids are trickier than you are. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> good they've point. Got, they've got, they've got, they've got ways they can hide apps on their phone from you. There are all sorts of things that they can do to get around the fences that you built. Mm-hmm. So we don't need more fences. What we need is is presence and open communication, and and helping them walk through that. So I do encourage parents. By the way, you know whatever. Um, social media your children are using, make sure you're also using that social media as well. And you're connected on social media. That's a, that's just a given you should do that. And you're like, well, I don't want to be, you,
0: mean you want a dad stuff. to put those apps on his phone that his daughter Absolutely. has on hers.
1: And I want it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I want him to be connected to his children on all of those, um, those apps. So, and, and that that can be, you know, that can be a dad rule that says, okay, if I'm going to allow this, here's the here's here's how it's going to go. That's <laughs> you know, good. Gonna be Practical. This, and we're going to be we're going to be connected because I want to be a part of your life. You 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 matter to me more than anybody else that's going to connect to you uh, through those apps.
0: Could she block her dad from seeing certain things on certain apps?
1: Oh, certainly she could, mm-hmm. but that's where. The presence comes in, you know. I mean, I I raise sheep, and they—sheep are tricky, you know. (laughs) They—they would like break out of the fence all the time and go to my neighbor's alfalfa field, which was looked greener and healthier than what I was giving them. And so, that's another thing for a dad to understand is that if that's happening, that's not the actual problem. That's a symptom of a deeper problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, deal with the deeper problem, which is where am I not connecting right. and, and where are those needs that my daughter has that I can help with? Yeah. And, and I can't be everything to her, but um, certainly I can't just uh, be, I can't be a vacant hole in her life.
0: Right, right. Well, you've probably heard that quote, rules without relationship equals rebellion. So I think if like, if yeah. a dad is just, like you said, putting fences around this issue and there's not a relationship with him, she's just going to, you know, back. But if he's joining her, because I thought you were going to say, dad, get close enough to her to look at what apps are on her phone. But that is, man, that's a go step today, Philip, that I think dads could really benefit putting into action. If they're saying, I'm going to put the same apps on my phone that my daughter has on hers. And I'm going to really see what she's looking at, what the conversations are like, man, that is a whole new, I would say level of parenting that fits with the 21st century. So I'm like, thank you for saying that, which leads me to then another question. Do you have any practical ways that a dad could set different kind of boundaries? Like, do you think it's important for a dad to limit screen time or those kinds of things? Or would you say, no, nope, let's just let her learn how to pace on her own?
1: No, I do think there are, there are, there are reasonable boundaries that we should set as dads in the home and they need to be in the context of relationship, and we've already stated that. And also, it, the other major point to that is what I call replace versus takeaway. You know, we're always thinking about the boundaries and things that we want to take away, rather than what are we offering that's better? Oh, that's good. You know, because if you're going to say, hey, I'm going to, like, lock this out, or I'm going to shut down this time, well, what are you doing just fill that time. If you're if you're frustrated because your daughter's on her phone four hours out of the day, and you say, "Hey, I'm going to limit it to one hour out of the day," what is going to fill those mm-hmm. other three hours? Because that's what she's wondering. Right? She's wondering, well, what do I do with with that time? Because I don't really have any other engagement going on. I mean, my friends are engaging me online. Yeah. So is dad willing to engage his daughters for those three hours, mm-hmm. or some some you know? So we really have to think about that because it's going to cost us more time, energy, and more money. And that's why a lot of dads just kind of uh, take a hands off approach. It's like, well, Hey, she's occupied, Mm -hmm. you know, she's quiet. I'm not being bombarded with anything. I can kind of do my own thing. And she kind of does her own thing. Yeah, I don't think it's healthy.
0: That is, that is so good. Well, here's my last question for you. I love to end every show with a go step. So if you were to give dads, you've given them ideas already, but if you were to give one last idea, a practical way for a dad to guide his daughter this week through the social media maze, what would you say?
1: Well, first of all, make sure you're making lots of deposits into her the bank of her heart mm-hmm. <laughs> Just so, with, with spending some quality time with her. You mentioned things like taking your daughters out on dates. And, and I know that for with my daughters, I make sure that when we're Consuming entertainment, we do it together as a family, and I take them out to movies, or I'm I'm helping guide them when it, their movie selections at home, mm-hmm. or how they're using their media and entertainment, you know, I'm, I'm shepherding them, I'm, I'm helping, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pouring into them, and we're doing things that are not media-related, not electronically driven, you know, for example, you know, my, my youngest daughter, who's 13, we, uh, for her birthday, I took her downtown San Antonio, and we rented scooters, and mm-hmm. we, we buzzed all around town, we had such a blast. That's awesome. And uh, that I I went and invested in a couple of these so we can go on more excursions. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm investing in the bank of her heart because once in a while, Dad, you're going to have to withdraw something. That means you're going to have some conflict, Mm -hmm. something's not going to go well. And and if you haven't deposited um, time and love and focused, yeah. attention mm-hmm. on your daughters prior to that, then it's, it's going to just be an epic fail. Right, you know, right. you're, you're not going to be able to help give them yeah. guidance where it really matters. And what's your second thing? Uh, my second thing is, is really radical, um, <laughs> you know, is, uh, you know, and this may be too much for some people, But if you have young daughters that are not quite teens yet, I want to really encourage dads to really think, and this is where, you know, watch the movie Captivated (laughs) that Mm -hmm. you mentioned. There you go. Because you need to have a plan before you start just having problems. Right, You know, a lot of times we are just putting up fires because the problems happen instead of like cultivating this when they're younger. And so one of the things that I did in my household in the digital age is, you know what? My kids don't have their own phone. They have a phone that belongs to me. It's an extra phone. Mm. And uh, they get to use dad's second phone. And I have three teenagers that share one phone. Oh wow! Now that is there radical. That is radical. people may people may think that is nuts. Now I couldn't have pulled yeah. that off if I'd already bought them all phones. But and look that, at your and walk and your talk. Phone.
0: You know. <laughs> you know. So yeah, that's so, awesome. Uh,
1: um, but that but that's that's more for the dad who has younger children. Mm-hmm that are growing up, um, you know, if you've got older kids and they're, you know, they already have phones already, I wouldn't recommend that you just take it away. I I would say that there's, there's a whole other, (laughs) there's a whole other way to finesse that. That's awesome. Um, But certainly, you know, share things in community together.
0: We'll let people get your book because you've got lots of really practical ideas at the end of it that dads can put into action. Well, today on your mark has been guiding your daughter through the social media maze, Philip Telfer has given you lots of practical ideas, dads, of how to engage your daughter's hearts, especially with the challenges that you all are facing with social media. Well, between today and next week, I encourage you to take his challenges to heart. And as always, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com and find free resources. And you can sign up for my bi-monthly Dad Daughter Friday blog and go to Amazon where there's a link to my book, Dad. Here's what I really need from you, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart, which is also available on Audible. You can also subscribe to the Dad Whisperer podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, where you can listen back or share with your friends. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been great to be here with you all. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you to make today a day where you are intentionally and consistently investing in pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go Dads!